Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Coffee with Clarissa on Money FM 89.3. I'm Timothy Go sitting in for Clarissa Montero on Coffee with Clarissa this Monday. And today we're talking about the hiring process. To be precise, the bias in the hiring and recruitment process, which creates a significant uh, constraints for organizations and even for recruitment platforms. Now, some have already turned to artificial intelligence algorithms to eliminate human bias in the recruitment exercise. But is that enough? The results have been questionable. Even big players like Amazon have terminated their artificial intelligence algorithms. And uh, today, the founder of Snap Hunt is joining us here on Coffee with Clarissa because she has turned to incorporate emotional intelligence in her platform. Now, this platform, Snap Hunt, uh, doesn't only use machine based learning algorithms, but also uses emotional intelligence to improve the hiring process. So on Coffee with Clarenza today, we're welcoming Ms. Tulika Trapati, founder of Snap Hunt, to discuss how emotional intelligence plays a factor in the hiring practices and the new age of recruitment. Good afternoon, Tulika, and welcome to Coffee with Clarissa. I'm Timothy Go, by the way, just in case. I almost call you Clarissa, Timothy. <laughs> I can look like one sometimes, <laughs> but not today. Uh, first of all, Explain to us how Snap Hunt uh, works. Sure. So Snap Hunt is a specialist white collar recruiting platform that basically matches talent to open roles for both a skill and culture fit. And so what inspired you to start up uh, this kind of platform? So I come from um, almost two decades of recruiting experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, over this time, I've, I've built three beliefs that have really driven me through my career so far. The first is I genuinely believe that people deserve to find a job they love. And when they're in the right role, it doesn't only impact them, but it impacts the life of everyone around them. Okay. The second thing is that, you know, I've met a number of organizations and from the deepest of tech organizations to the heaviest of industrial organizations, what makes companies successful is the quality of their talent. So I believe that's what drives companies forward. Mm -hmm. So it's a problem I would like to solve. Okay. And the third is, I just feel that with technology and where it is, hiring just shouldn't be so frustratingly difficult for everyone involved. Um, job seekers can feel very frustrated and alone when it comes to hiring. And, and companies spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on trying to find the, the right talent. So and time. And time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I own a few of my own small businesses and started the hiring process myself a couple of years ago and it wasn't easy. Yeah. If you think being a job applicant is hard when you're being interviewed, it's not easy on the other side as well. There are, of course, biases uh, that we're talking about here from the side of the person doing the interview and the mm -hmm. recruitment. Uh, can you talk more about this and what kind of biases are we looking at in today's uh, environment? Sure. So there are two types of biases. There are conscious biases those that we are aware of. And then there are... And the those ones can be easily eliminated absolutely. if you are aware of it, right? And then there's the unconscious bias. And that's the really dangerous mm. one uh, because that's the one no one can really talk about because they technically don't know it exists. 
Now, so how do you identify these? Absolutely. Let, let's take a normal, you know, you've met me, you've probably formed some sort of an opinion of me very quickly. And that's based on an algorithm that is, well, your gut. Your gut has taken lots of, you know, my expression, voice, how I come across. And you've used that to create your algorithm based on your experiences to come out with a response. Okay, you're talking about human algorithm and human prejudices. Yeah, I I'm talking you, about yeah. your gut. Yeah. Now, um, when it comes to your gut, you can't really identify those individual components. So it's very mm. difficult to say, you know, this is something that we should root out because you don't know how you've come to that calculation. When we're using data, it's a little bit easier to take out that unconscious bias because you can see what components you're measuring. So when you're talking about this, is there still human interaction in the way this is done? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I believe people are intelligent and hiring is about people. Mm -hmm. What we can do is take away the noise so that people can do what they do best and that's form relationship with other people uh, to find the right talent, to spend more time in person. So how does artificial intelligence do this then sure. in your platform? So uh, you, you spoke earlier about machine learning and mm -hmm. that's come under a lot of criticism. Pure play machine learning tends to reinforce biases because... Because it, they learn from us too, exactly. right? Exactly. So they just take our unconscious exactly. bias and mm -hmm. then they just repeat it over and over again. What we did with SnapHunt is we created algorithms based on what I loosely called expert intelligence, where we picked up um, a number of parameters in terms of skills, we built psychometric testing based on established psychometric frameworks to pick up data which was not based on human interactions. And then we indexed uh, machine learning over some of this data. Okay. So you root out a number of types of biases. So, for example, age bias. The algorithm does not consider age at any point in the mm -hmm. process and our psychometric testing is normalized for age. Okay. Uh, gender bias. We normalize our psychometric testing for gender and we don't actually use gender data anywhere when screening or matching applicants. Um, expertise bias is something nobody talks about. Uh, when I'm a human recruiter, I have a natural bias based on my level of expertise. I may not consider a candidate from another industry because I don't believe somebody from right. another industry can have do the, the job. same experience, yeah. right? Okay. Whereas if you really understood the role, you may be able to match competencies better. Mm hmm. Um, keyword bias. A lot of people, and you'll find thousands of articles online on how you can add keywords to your resume. Or what you shouldn't say during an interview yeah, and things like that. To, to pass the applicant tracking system right. that add these keywords and you'll get through. So we don't use resumes or keywords at all mm. to completely remove any chance of a bias creeping in through natural language processing. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, but how do you incorporate then emotional intelligence into the process to make it, I guess, to, to, to make it better and to, to smoothen out this process, right? Yeah, so we incorporate expert intelligence, and that's the EI component. And mm -hmm. within that expert intelligence, there is, of course, the technical skills. And then we map out people's competencies mm -hmm. and motivators. Okay. So competencies are um, a way of self-reporting emotional intelligence, where we look at how people think, how they connect, how they execute. And that's based on uh, something called the Big Five Factor Framework, which is one of the most established psychometric frameworks. Okay, at this exist. point of the application process, we're still on paper, right? So how do you identify the emotional aspects of an applicant based on this? Sure. So we don't on paper. Okay. When people sign on to the platform, uh, they're asked to complete an, a screening process 
which allows us to collect the information in order to really come up with their profile and give them feedback on what sort of roles and companies they would enjoy working in. So this is like a questionnaire. Correct. Well, kind of. Wouldn't an applicant be able to manipulate this if they know that you are trying to, you know, try to match them with something in your database? That is a very good question. And that is why we chose to be a marketplace rather than a software that companies uh, use. So we actually do a screening irrespective of the job. Okay. And then applicants get job proposals based on their ah, profile. Okay. So it works well for the applicants uh, more than... The, it works really well for companies. For both as well. Yeah. It's very similar. Think of it like a recruiting agency, but no recruiter. So hmm. you benefit from having multiple companies on your platform. So for the applicant, they have many choices, but it also means you collect the most objective data on the applicant. It's not just for one company. You can reutilize those applicants right. in a way into many, many other roles. So companies get access to a much wider talent pool as well. So on this uh, sort of questionnaire that you you would uh, subject your applicants to to yeah. answer, what what do you get out from them? Sure. Uh, so, give me an example. So we get a, a pretty comprehensive understanding of a few things. Firstly, their job preferences. What are they looking for? You know, mm-hmm. is it full time, part time? Some some basic things on their job preferences. Some understanding of their skills. So what industries, functions, roles they've worked in. And then finally, um, you know, their motivators and competencies. So why are they looking to leave their job and what they're looking for? And the competencies, which is the SnapPsych assessment. Now, based on that, we match this with what companies are selling. So if companies are selling uh, something that you don't want to buy, mm-hmm. then even if you're it's a great a tech, it's a mismatch. But do you subject the companies yes. to the same Correct. process mm-hmm. to match it with, with the applicants? Yeah. Okay, give me an example of what you ask these applicants in so, you know, in, in that uh, platform. So um, motivators would be like, what are the top three reasons you're looking to leave your job? If you are a banker and one of the reasons you want to leave is I don't want to be in banking anymore, you may be perfect for the next banking job, but we won't propose it to you because it just doesn't fit with what you're looking for. Yeah, okay. so that's an example of how we use motivators. Similarly, you're looking for work-life balance. You're looking for a positive social impact. You're looking for a very stable company. I have a startup that is selling you great culture, opportunities for progression, and there's no overlap. Even if you had the right skills, you may join the job because of any other thing, you know, money looks interesting. But if your intrinsic motivators aren't aligned to what something that the company has to offer, you're likely not to stay or strive in the role. So we Hmm. we tried to weed that out right in the beginning because we want companies to find the right people, but we also want people to be happy in what they're doing. But, uh, okay, it, it, so after this whole process, how do you then match the applicant to a potential company? Oh, dear. Or do you, do so, you match the company to an applicant? Like, hey, so I we have, have this person. We took like a year and a half to build these specialist algorithms. And we're the first ones actually globally that mm. propose these specialist algorithms. So what it does is it, it looks at, you know, these 180,000 rules that sit in the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it's madness. And, um, it can't be done by a human for it sure. It cannot mm. be done by a human. And uh, pretty much real time, mm-hmm. um, once a role comes up, it looks at all applicants on the platform. And as soon as there is a matching applicant, they receive real-time email and SMS notifications saying there's a matching job for you. Okay. And then applicants can say, yes, I want to share my profile. Um, and they can on, on, the, on the app in, in, a, in a second or um, they, they decline. And if they decline, we use that 
that to really um, analyze data on why companies aren't getting certain types of applications. Okay. Uh, in this case, then, do you do the same for the companies looking for candidates? Yeah. Uh, and do they make the first step, for example, if person A is a perfect match and I'm company B, can I send this person A a, you know, a proposal to meet perhaps because you have... No. Um, so all applicants are confidential. Ah, okay. So we, we say to job seekers, so we work in the specialist, experienced white collar space and it's a small world. So, That's true. Um, you know, the applicant has to be willing to share their profile for a company to get access to them. Very similar to an agency. Mm. What we do allow companies to do is um, find ways to really put their employer brand out there so they can add video to their jobs. They can add a lot more, you know, branding to their applications and all matching candidates get access to that uh, that uh, branding okay so it's it's a white collar uh, platform then but if the company so the company has no access at all to to your pool of applicants they have no idea who's there or who they can recruit from well there. what happens is that the first step the company actually just submits a job brief okay uh, the the algorithm's pretty smart so it'll create a it, it can even create a custom job description for the company if they mm. haven't had time to write one. Oh, really wow. yeah so um, once you've got your job out and you say yes I'm, I'm good to go this is what I look for. Um, the algorithm will source applicants through 18 different sourcing channels, job boards, social media, etc. It'll also run all current people on the platform to see whether their matches to, to the uh, to the role. It'll propose the roles to all these applicants. Um, all applicants who choose to share their CV, it'll then show the employer the, the targeted shortlist of applicants that have actually applied. So from an employer's perspective, I took a couple of minutes to say what I wanted uh-huh. and then I sat back and I and got notified right. when my shortlist came. And that could happen in 10 minutes. Wow. It happened in 15 minutes. This looks like a very um, <laughs> a different world of a hiring process these yeah. days. Where is technology, AI... Um, EI, emotional intelligence, taking us and SnapHunt, for that matter, in in the future of uh, hiring process and recruitment? Yeah, I think um, uh, the future is unknown, but there are the few things that, you know, we know are likely to happen. The first thing is that 80% of jobs that we're going to have in 10 years' time don't exist today. So either 80% of us are going to be out of a job or we need or to Or enjoying out. life because we've already worked enough. You might be sitting on a beach. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of us who aren't, we have to kind of figure out how do we use the experiences we already have to these new roles. And that's where technology can be awesome because we can track these competencies and start advising clients on you know the trends in terms of which competencies lead to great success in these new roles coming in hmm. so i think that's a big area so in terms of a lot of uh, we've read a lot about flexible working environment and flexible hours and things like that is that something a lot of companies now are looking at in singapore in a way to attract more applicants to work so we just took out a report on what talent wants, mm-hmm. where we surveyed 14,000 uh, white-collar job seekers on our platform um, in Singapore. And actually, flexible working options aren't in the top three. Really? Yeah. Oh, so what are the top three then? A lot of it is around opportunities to learn mm-hmm. and opportunities to progress their career. And what you're finding is that a lot of companies hire people for what they've already done. Right. It's really funny because... Uh, it's ironic, actually. 
person's bored in their job. So they're looking to learn new things, but a company wants to hire them for exactly what they've done. Now, what ends up happening as a result is the person says, ah, well, at least I'm getting a 15% hike. They take that job. And then one year later, they again want to learn new things. Mm -hmm. Next company wants to hire them for whatever little else they've done. Then they say, oh, well, at least I'm getting a... So um, what that report (laughs) actually showed is if you invest a little bit more in tracking competencies and seeing how a person can pick up new skills and helping them learn, you're more likely to retain talent and flexible working options. Fascinating. Thank you very much uh, for talking to us about the future of hiring and uh, including artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence into the hiring process in the Snap Hunt uh, platform. Mr. Lika Tripati is founder of Snap Hunt, joining me here on Coffee with Clarissa on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.